Hello and welcome once again to Life Lessons with an Inebriated Psychic. I will be your guide to all things metaphysical. So today I decided to talk about energy work and the reason is because a lot of the terms utilized in energy work are not exactly well understood in the general vocabulary of people. So first of all, with energy work, we quite often work in the aura. And I think it's important to know that no two practitioners are going to practice the same modality exactly the same. Two Reiki masters are not going to do it the same way as each other. They are going to have integrated other things they have learned on their journey in order to make it a complete experience that only they can provide. Now, for some Reiki masters, they're going to use essential oils. Some Reiki masters may use crystals. Some may use both. Some may use music and sounds. Some may just prefer silence. Some will do a guided meditation whilst you're laid there. But it doesn't matter. Each energy practitioner is going to practice their craft in the way that resonates best with them. And there's a big agreement that you find the practitioner who would best work for you. That's how the universe works. You ask, you shall receive. So if a teacher or a practitioner is dropped in your lap, there's something energetic about that person that's in alignment with your soul at that time that can help you move forward and heal. The other misconception is that these healers are going to do the work for you. We can't do the work for you. This is about you coming to grips with your life. This is about you figuring out what works for you. And all we are is tools along the way. We are somebody you can utilize to help bring you focus, to help bring you calm, to help point you in the right direction. So an energy healer is there to be used as a tool, but don't expect a miracle. They can't wave a magic wand and magically you're 100% perfect again. No, healing is a process. Healing means doing shadow work. Healing means doing the work very much on your own sometimes. And sometimes it means getting together with other people who have handled the similar thing talking it out, expressing it, and finding what will work for you. So I am a Reiki master. I've practiced Reiki for a long time now. And for me, when I like to do a Reiki energy healing, I am quite practical about it. So first thing I'll do is rub my palms together because that for me starts the Reiki energy flowing a little stronger. I'm a big believer that once you've got your Reiki attunements, you're always flowing Reiki energy. So when you walk into a room, that energy goes wherever it needs. I set my intention. I just allow it to go wherever it's needed for the highest good, as long as the person is open to receiving. That's my, that's my big condition. And I prefer to always ask, but sometimes if somebody's spirit guides are saying, oh yeah, she needs it, then I'm like, well, if your spirit guides are saying it's okay, 
then it's probably okay you're, because your guides are basically your protectors. So with each person, it's different how they practice Reiki. For me, I'm very much an energy worker, but I work in the aura. So I don't particularly like to touch human beings. I, it's not my thing. I will do every now and then if I feel like I need to put that connection that close. But most of the time I work in the aura, which is about an inch above somebody's body and it's their energy field. So, you know, like we talk about personal space, don't get in my personal space. That's where your energy field is. That's where your aura is. And when somebody steps into that without your permission, it makes you feel a certain kind of way because they don't have to be touching you in order to, for their energy to have smacked up against yours. Okay, that's the most simple way I can explain an aura. You can go get aura photographs taken if you've never had your aura read or if you want if you're interested in reading somebody else's aura or at least looking and seeing it for the first time the easiest way get a white wall have someone sit against the white wall or look in a mirror if there's a white wall behind you and focus on just above the head or just to the side of the head and relax your eyes and eventually you'll start to see colors and as you see those colors of Sometimes you won't actually see them. Sometimes you'll just feel it. You'll be able to feel, you'll be able to clue in and just know what, what kind of energy that person is carrying. And so that's where I work. That's my little thing is I've always worked in the aura of people. I've always just known where something is that needs clearing out. Little globs of nasty negative energies I can grab hold of and throw back to the earth and I know that the person is cleansed and it's it's a process but like I said it's different for each person now to start an energy session I would of course always sage myself and sage the client why because we want to push out any negativity before we start then usually I will light candles, candles for me. I read a long time ago that the candle light, the flame, is something spirit sees easier than electronic lights. So you have, if you light a white candle, you're welcoming in your ancestors, your loved ones, etc. And it's a very good way to bring them in. So I do like a nice white candle when I'm practicing. Also, my gemstones, we all know I'm a big, big um, supporter of gemstones. I love their healing abilities. I love everything they can do for you. They are a major focus of my healing and of my manifestation abilities. I just love gemstones. And so those are very much a part. I recently got a little drum because certain notes clear the energy as well. And so sometimes I will utilize the drum so that I can get those tones that will help relax and clear the aura. But then I will go 
above the client and just feel their energies. And I can scan as I'm doing it, see what I feel, what I'm getting. I'll sometimes get a feeling, oh, this hurts here, that hurts there. Oh, I can see this is wrong. I can see that is wrong. And because of that ability, I can then recommend, oh, what you need to do is A, B or C. Now, I would be the last one to tell you to not go to a real doctor. I fully support a combination of Western medicine, Eastern medicine, and energy medicine. I think that if we could get to a place where we integrated what is very, very ancient medicine with the Eastern medicine and acupuncture and herbs and things like that, with Western medicine, which again, still has herbs and very practical ways of implementing them into our daily life and then energy medicine so that our overall soul is taken care of as well. If we could integrate the three, we would have a way forward into actual healing because it is mind, body, soul connection. You can fix your body. You've got a broken bone, you go Western medicine all the way. They put a cast on it, in six weeks you're good to go. But if you don't know what made that bone weak in the first place, you could break it again in another couple of weeks. So you have to implement lots of different things. Also, breaking a bone is a trauma. And you can get PTSD from traumas. So we have to really encompass healing as a bigger picture kind of thing, instead of, a, oh, we're just gonna carry on fixing this bit. And quite often in Western medicine, they don't actually seem to fix anything. They just keep bringing you back in for more pills, more surgeries, more, more, more. And I think it's because sadly, there's so much money in the system that that's what's working for the companies. And so there's no actual incentive to make humans well. So that's where the mind-body-spirit connection comes in. Because if you can go see a practitioner who can say, oh, this'll help and this'll help, and the actual goal is to help you heal, then you'll actually be 10 steps ahead of anybody else who's just getting a patch-up job. So anyways, back to the aura. So with the aura, it's all, it's all very, it's like being surrounded by a cloud at all times, but it's actually the extension of your soul outside of your body. Your body could only carry so much of your energies. And yeah, there are times you're, you need more energy and it comes further in and you can feel it to a degree. There are times your energy can spread across the entire room just because you want to reach out and make people feel better. You're always in control of you and you are in control of your healing process and you will get out of it what you put into it. Sow the seeds and watch it grow. So that's how I do my energy healing work is I work in the aura 
I will turn on my Reiki by rubbing my palms together. And that way I know my energy is flowing. And then I will stay about five to 10 inches above the body of the person I'm working on. I'll scan them as I go, but I'm putting energy in and my intent is it goes where it is needed for highest and best good. And that's one of the things with Reiki that we're taught. This is pure universal love healing coming straight in and through the practitioner. This is not our energy coming to you. This is universal energy coming to you. Do we add a little of our own spice? Sometimes, but sometimes if we're having a bad day, you don't want our energy. You want universal and that has to be pure and that's Reiki energy. There are symbols with Reiki that if somebody really is struggling and they've got an area of the body that just really needs help, we'll draw the symbols above and put our hand over it so that that symbol is actually working in that area at all times, giving a complete flow of energy consistently. There are a lot of things we can do with energy work. You know, you can do a guided visualization walking down the path to health. You can do so many, so many things with crystals, like depending on which ones you're carrying, depends on whether you're removing negative energy or um, being able to connect with your root chakra or connect with your third eye. Like I love to wear an amethyst when I'm doing readings and I also love having lapis when I'm doing readings because both of them connect me to a higher power. The lapis helps because it's blue and throat chakra blue kind of deal. It helps me speak whatever is coming through. And so, you know, when you're doing these healing energy situations, you really want your person, your client to be as open and to receiving as possible. Because if your client is not open to receiving, they're not going to get the best out of what's being offered. And you want to start any kind of healing session by talking to your client and making sure they're comfortable with what you're going to do. Because it does matter. After a healing session like that, your client's going to need to drink water to release all the toxins. They're going to need your phone number because there's every chance that they'll have a major meltdown within the next three days as they're releasing all that negative energy because sometimes it doesn't all happen at one time. It doesn't all happen on a quick release during the session. Sometimes it'll take a day or two and then all of a sudden it'll hit them and they have to release all of that. Well, when they're releasing all of that as a practitioner, I want to be there. I want to be their first phone call. I want to be the one listening and I want to be the one helping move that energy out of them and sending it back to the earth so that they're not having to carry it anymore. But energy healing is a process and it does take time in order to get into alignment again in order to be your best self. So that's what an energy session looks like with me. So let's talk about some of the some of the words used in a healing session so we're going to talk today about grounding 
because grounding is very much something that after a healing session you're going to need to do. It will be one of the things that I encourage before you leave. We want you to make sure we want to make sure that you are safe to drive because energy healing can make you feel quite high. In fact, when I go to the acupuncturist, I call it AccuStoned. I leave the acupuncturist. I am higher than I am on anything else I've ever tried. It legit will get you AccuStoned. And so before I get behind the wheel of a car and I'm all blissed out, I want to know that I can drive safely. So in order to ground after an acupuncture treatment or after an energy treatment of any kind, you can eat, drink water, Go and wash your hands and face. That will bring you back down to earth with a thud. You can put your feet on the ground and imagine vines coming up from the earth and the roots from that vine are going down deep into the earth. And then as you breathe in, the energy comes up from the earth in order to anchor you. And as you breathe out, anything that's no longer serving your highest good goes back into the earth and the earth can transmute it. It's a very simple visualization in order to get you feeling back where you need to be in alignment with what you need to be in alignment with. Other ways to ground when you're feeling that way is like just tapping on your body, making it so that you can actually feel yourself. That's a simple way. Again, we mentioned food. Food is always a good way to ground when you're drinking or you know high from edibles or whatever food the reason you crave it is so that you can normalize that feeling because nobody really likes the feeling of being drunk to the point of dizziness and not very well and that will help water of course is your number one because not only is it going to ground you it is going to wash away any toxins that you are releasing in energy work those toxins can be emotional, they can be physical, they can be mental, and water will help cleanse your body of them. There are side effects to having energy work done. You know, there are energetic releases that come. So you have to be prepared and you have to know how to ground. Now to ground means the same as earthing, and what it is, is basically it's allowing the ground and the earth to connect with your body. It's connecting the earth energy. It brings you back into spiritual balance. It allows you to focus clearer. It will just overall, it's a practice that even if you're not getting spiritual work done, if you can ground when you're upset, when you're angry, when you're hysterical laughing, when you're just feeling a little like crazy, if you can stop yourself and just breathe and just bring yourself back to earth. After exercise, they have found that when you ground yourself after exercise, it reduces chronic pain. It reduces muscle aches. Like the simplest way to actually go and ground is to take your shoes off and step outside onto the earth. And years and years and years ago, we didn't have, have shoes. And 
if we did they weren't these great big huge plastic souls that basically stop us from absorbing any of the earth's energy so now in order to get that earth energy you have to sit outside on the earth or you have to put your feet on the earth but you will find that if you make a practice of that your body comes back into balance our lives are very very busy these days what with technology and you know work from home working from home just seems to mean that you're doing even more than you were before because you've no time to actually interact with other humans so take that coffee break and go outside yeah you can take your coffee i'm not judging just take that coffee go outside stick your feet on the floor and just feel the earth coming up like just stop for a minute and feel that energy coming up through you making you feel whole making you feel calm and helping you focus and then go back to work and you'll find that you're actually more productive because you took that 5 minutes for you that quiet that moment that connection that beautiful energy that you needed so desperately now other ways to ground you can get yourself some hermitite to hold some garnet some black agate these are all very healing stones they will help you center and focus and come back and be able to just energetically feel calm there are energy movements that you can do like qigong and tai chi and these are just like energy flow movements so that your body your soul is in complete alignment with where it needs to be now i actually found a new exercise the other day and you put your hands your palms together above your head and just bring them down to your heart and as you go back up breathe in and as you bring them back down to your heart breathe out do it again in as you go up hold release and breathe out as you bring it down and for me this is my new favorite way of grounding why is it my favorite well because i'm connecting with spirit by being above my head i'm allowing that connection i'm pulling that connection down into my heart chakra and then i am doing it again and as i push my arms out and up i'm allowing the energy that needs to flow out of me to do just that but simple movements will also ground you it just depends on what works for you well this has been a fantastic episode of life lessons with an inebriated psychic i have enjoyed it very much i hope you have too don't forget that we do have a website www.lipsy.com that's l l i p s y.com 
I will be setting up soon in order to do readings online because I did just get my temporary psychic arts license from the lovely state of Nevada and I would love for any of you who feel the need to reach out and let's see if we can help you heal. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day and remember, just breathe.